What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Gadget Reason Radio here on Anchor FM. Or if you're listening via the podcast, as always, welcome to all you guys as well. Thanks to everybody for favoriting the station and subscribing to the podcast. I do this show for you guys, trying to bring you guys the best tech news I can each and every day. So let's get started with today's tech download for Tuesday, August 8th, 2017. Corsair is beefing up its one-branded gaming desktop PCs with stronger storage and a GTX 1080 Ti graphics card. The one-branded PC gaming desktops from Corsair are their high-end entry to the gaming PC and laptop communities. Now, these are super high-end devices that come with some of the best components available, but you're also paying a premium for the unique chassis design that Corsair has developed specifically for the One. That chassis design uses dual radiators and liquid cooling for both the CPU and the GPU to create a very small and compact design for a relatively beefy gaming PC. Like all gaming branded PCs and the laptops, you do pay a premium for all that gaming prowess and for the unique chassis design itself, with prices starting at about $1,800 and going all the way up to $2,900 for the top tier model. That price gets you a Core i7-7700K with a GTX 1080 Ti, 32 gigabytes of DDR4 RAM, and a 480 gigabyte M2 SSD, and also throws in a 500 watt power supply. So with all those specs, that is definitely a top tier 4K gaming rig, but you're gonna pay a premium of about five to $600 over what you could do with those same exact components if you were to build them yourself. Obviously, if you're a PC gamer with some money to burn, this is definitely not the worst way you could go, but from my personal recommendation, I would always recommend that someone go ahead and purchase all the components and build it yourself because it just doesn't make sense. You're not getting any more performance out of this machine just because of that premium price tag. But let me know what you guys think. Would you be willing to pay a premium price for the unique chassis of the Corsair One Series gaming machines? Let me know. Intel unveiled its new Ruler SSDs, which are meant for server rack mounting solutions that can pack up to one petabyte of data into a single server rack. Over the past decade or so, hard drives have gone through a pretty significant evolutionary period going from the 3.5 inch drives for desktops to smaller 2.5 inch drives for laptops. And now the new M2 standard drives are basically what looks like a RAM module. Intel's new ruler design is a continuation of that evolution, this time being focused on optimizing storage density while also reducing the amount of power and cooling required. While complete details of the new ruler design drives is not currently available, The Verge is reporting that one petabyte of storage would now fit in a single 1U-sized server rack in comparison to using traditional 10-terabyte 3.5-inch drives that would require a much larger 4U rack with a similar increase in power supply and cooling costs. Now, while this might sound like something that only an IT server guy or someone who has to purchase IT equipment would be excited about, just try to remember that consumers do pay the price for all things related to server costs when it comes to anything from Amazon.com pricing to the cost of your Netflix subscription. So something to keep in mind if this is boring you. If you're a particularly masochistic gamer who enjoys games like the Dark Souls series, you got some pretty good reason to be excited today, as Ninja Theory, the developers of Enslaved and Devil May Cry, have announced that their latest game, Hellblade, which is out today for PC and PS4, has a particularly abusive feature, which is that if you die too much, you'll lose your save file. This sounds like absolute torture, and as they say on Shark Tank, it is for this reason that I'm out. 
In all seriousness though, I'm a fan of difficult games like this, and it does seem as though there's a little bit more complication to it than it first seemed. You have to die multiple times within certain sections of the game before going into an additional save area for this permadeath save file deletion to occur. So maybe it's not quite as bad as it seems, but I can definitely see this being a controller smasher type of game. But let me know what you guys think. Are you down for some more masochistic video game torture? Let me know. Spotify has finally arrived on the Xbox One. So earlier this month, reports confirmed that Spotify app was making its way to Microsoft's Xbox One console with the app going through some internal beta testing. Today, the app is becoming publicly available for everyone. The new Spotify app for the Xbox One is launching in 34 markets, according to TechCrunch. Spotify also said that you will be able to play songs, albums, and playlists directly from the console, including while in a gaming session. The app is available to download and use for both free and premium subscribers of the service. One nice feature of the Spotify app for Xbox One is the ability to control the app from your smartphone or another device so that you can do things like skip tracks without having to interrupt your gameplay. That's a smart feature on the Spotify app team's part and I appreciate that. So will you guys be downloading the Spotify app and using it during your gameplay sessions or not? Let me know. A big blow to Netflix was announced today as Disney announced that it will be ending its deal with Netflix to launch its own streaming service. This of course comes hot on the heels of yesterday's big news from Netflix that they acquired comic book publisher Millar World, which would be obviously a positive, whereas this is obviously not. Disney announced that it will end its distribution deal with Netflix to launch its own streaming service in 2019. Um, this is obviously a pretty significant blow to Netflix who inked this deal with Disney back in 2012 and really has only just started to see the benefits of it basically this year. So um, unfortunate that Netflix will not really get to reap the rewards of this deal going forward long term. The report coming from The Verge goes on to state that this is a natural step for Disney, obviously, because they have a huge library of valuable content to share, and Disney already makes it pretty hard to get a lot of these top movies, requiring people to purchase them, making them unavailable for renting. Netflix won't lose its Disney movies right away. Disney says it plans to cut Netflix off, starting with the studio's 2019 films, and Netflix says it'll be able to keep all the Disney movies it gets through the end of the year. So that of course means that Netflix will be able to stream the next two Star Wars movies, but will miss out on the trilogy's final installment. So what do you guys think about Netflix losing all the Disney content? And do you think Disney's gonna be able to create a better content experience with their own streaming service? Let me know. Fans of Samus and Metroid will be excited to hear that Nintendo announced today that it will be releasing the Samus Edition new Nintendo 3DS XL on September 15th, which is of course the same day that Metroid Samus Returns hits store shelves. The Samus and Metroid themed Nintendo 3DS XL will cost $1.99, and the package does not include a copy of Metroid Samus Returns, which sells separately for $39.99. Nintendo is also releasing a pair of Metroid themed amiibo figures next month. One is a Samus Aran's pose from the cover of Metroid 2, the other is a soft, squishy Metroid. You'll probably need to grab both if you plan on unlocking everything in Metroid Samus Returns, so be on the lookout for those once they get announced. If you are like me, you're probably wondering how many Nintendo 3DS XLs have been released over the past several years. 
and to be honest with you, I've completely lost count and I've also stopped caring. Not only is the Nintendo Switch the future of Nintendo's gaming success, probably both on the portable front as well as at home, but there's just too many of these 3DS XL special consoles, and I mean, I kind of just gave up. Uh, it was a little bit ridiculous how many versions of the 3DS XL there have been, but on top of that, you have all the different versions that were made for special releases, for special games. You had the Zelda editions, and you've had the uh, Super Smash Brothers editions. Now, the Nintendo fanboy in me thinks that this is awesome, and I probably would just say shut up and take my money. But the gadget reason themed side of my brain that says what good reason could I possibly have to purchase this thing says run as fast as you can in the other direction. Not only is my current and third version of the 3DS console still working just fine, but I just don't see the point anymore with the Nintendo Switch obviously being the future of Nintendo's gaming platform. So are you guys going to be picking this up just for the collector value or nostalgia? Let me know. And that's going to do it for today's tech download. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks again to everybody for subscribing to the podcast or favoriting the station. And thank you guys all for calling in on some of the previous uh, episodes and broadcasts as well. That's it for me. I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Bye.